And here we are. Good morning, everybody. We've made it to Selection Sunday. It's episode 41. Three straight days of Mad About Hoops episodes here, Evil Bald Colin. That's what it's all about. I'm Timmy <laughs> it's, Hall. It's He's amazing. ABC. What's up, man? You refreshed? You ready to go? It's amazing, yes. And it's uh, it's very uh, needed right now, especially with everything going on. All the bid stealers, all the... Uh, Conference tournaments coming down to the line here. Getting a bracket in our hands in uh, eight, just under eight hours now. I mean, it's going to be amazing. I, I feel like it's been two long years since we've had this day in our lives, and it's finally back. No sleep till Selection Sunday. The gods, <laughs> the, the pla planet Earth took an hour of sleep away when we needed it the most. We're trying to get ready for a Big Ten championship. The Ohio State Buckeyes are in it, taking on Illinois. I was even texting with Matt Sylvester this morning. He's coming on our Zoom <laughs> party tonight, EBC. So we're going to get ready for all of it. little review of yesterday, setting the table for the championships today, and the brackets coming out. Do not go anywhere. Strap in. It's Mad About Hoops, episode 41. Five to go. Lewis has been awesome. Let's it go. It's it Inbounds Turner, left side of the backcourt. Turner crossed the timeline, throws it from high on the right. He hit it. He hit it just inside of half court. Lane's on the other wing. Bang. Oh. 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 Sapped it in, Jerome. Is March Madness. Tim, in the open there, I just said it's been the longest two years of personally my life waiting for our favorite day of the year. I don't know how it's been for you, but um, it, it feels surreal to finally be back on this day. It has sucked. And you know that I've got the chalkboard in my basement. Oh, right, yeah. And is that I, is that is that baby ready to get fixed up tonight? It is. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to scrub it. Dude, I don't even know if the chalk's going to come off. I might have to go and get some more chalkboard paint at Ace Hardware. So we're going to oh, find goodness. we're going to find out. I've already got the bracket there, so I don't know if I'm going to have to wipe the whole thing and do the bracket again cuz it's a task. Like that's a 64 team bracket that I Yeah, I don't think you should have in. to. If you if you do it right, I don't think you should have to. I know, but it's going to be hard to get my fingers in there because the the first round it's they're in there pretty small like i don't have oh, a whole sure. lot of space to get the sides of the bracket in there and to to actually wipe the teams off because they're theoretical teams me and my son we talked about this last year we made our own bracket we kind of come we combined <laughs> joe lenardi's thoughts we combined we kind of did it on our own you know we we were able to do our own bracket so i for one week last year was part of the bracket matrix and all the you know, 130, you know, yahoos on the internet that do that thing. So I'm, right. I'm going to get it clean. We're going to get it ready to go. And that's going to be the master bracket. I, I can't wait for it. That's awesome, man. No, yeah, there's just, I, I mentioned a lot of stuff that I'm looking forward to with the bracket reveal. And now it's getting closer and closer. And there's so many new branches being thrown into the mix. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about bid stealers like uh, Oregon State, a possible Cincinnati, Georgetown. Like it's just, there's so many different things we got to compute in our heads because I, I feel like when I've been diagnosing, especially these bracketologies, it just feels like more than ever this year than ever I could remember. It feels like the seed lines are not as wide gapped as usual. Yeah. Like a seven, a seven and a two is not really that far off this year. And a, a six and a three is pretty damn close. 
Like it just feels like there's go- it's going to be one of the most unpredictable tournaments we've ever had, even though team people like Gonzaga, people like Baylor, Illinois, Michigan, the one seeds. I still see all of them as vulnerable in some way, shape, or form. You know, we're getting so into the basketball part of this now, which is great that you know, I might I might go a few hours and forget that this whole entire tournament is going to be in the state of Indiana. <laughs> and really, right. really, it's just going to be in Indianapolis. And we we hit it briefly on the pod yesterday. But we're ju- I'm still really curious to see. I just can't wait to see how all of this works. It's interesting. I don't know about you, but yesterday I watched a lot more basketball than I did on Friday. And I know you had you had said something. I was, with I the was lady. a little opposite on. Yeah. I was a little opposite. You on had that. said something with a lady friend that you tried to set some deals with. This is so great too. Like <laughs> we. I have a family. I have a wife and a son, and my son is is pretty into basketball this time of year. And he goes, he kind of ebbs and flows, like his interest with certain sports. Really into fantasy football. Really loves the NFL. Sure. Sometimes I got to pull him into the basketball and like sit him there. I'm like, look, look, like look how dramatic this is. Look how much fun <laughs> this is. But I, I think I tweeted out the other night. This was this might have been even on Thursday. It, the, the days are running together, and it was like eight thirty at night, and one of the conference tournaments was on and I've got the two TVs set up and I think they were both on and I'm always going to like let the wife like turn on a show and then I'll watch one of the games with the audio off for a while if need be but it was just the way she delivered a comment to me where she just said I'm tired of basketball and it just made it just like stole my soul for a second and I'm just thinking like what are you talking about right now do you do you know we haven't even made it to Selection Sunday? If you're tired of basketball, you are going to hate me in three weeks because this is nonstop. Nothing is stopping this train right now. Exactly. Exactly. Now, I, uh, we watched the Ohio State-Michigan game together. I did my Urban Meyer spread out on the floor like he did against Michigan in that uh, overtime game. Man, the trends just keep on continuing with that team. Did you just um, do like a slow, like get down on yes, the floor? Just, just, just a like slow, a, like, uh, like face like down walk, on the carpet. Like, thank goodness they didn't pass it down into the block. Like, yes, please do a step back with. Uh, please. I don't know. Dribble was that for Mike 20, Smith or Eli Brooks? Yeah, it was Mike Smith. It was Mike Smith, the dude who uh, has some of the best hair in America. <laughs> Other than the Ohio State and Michigan mm-hmm. game. There were 21 games yesterday. I feel like I watched a lot. I made it to the very end where I watched that Oregon State-Colorado game that you mentioned. I even made it past that. UC Irvine, the Anteaters, (laughs) and UC Santa Barbara, which has to be one of the more underrated, like, best schools in America that you can go to, right? You see all the celebrities. You're in Santa Barbara, for God's sakes. It's one of the most beautiful areas in Los Angeles. And the Gauchos, right. they just stepped on the gas pedal. And, uh, oh, God, they, one of their players, Ja'Cory, Ja'Cory Williams, I think, is the player of the year out there. He was sensational. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a guy to watch. So I made it to the end, man. But you talk about all the great stuff. I don't know, like bid stealers. Is there any story that's cooler than what Georgetown did? The Georgetown Hoyas winning the Big East tournament and storming past Creighton. That was awesome. Yeah, no, I think Cincinnati can get there too if they beat Houston in the final, which tip the hat to you. If you could beat Houston in the final after beating Wichita State the day before, more power to you. But no, that was a, I think it was a mixture of Georgetown just playing a really solid game and Creighton just couldn't hit couldn't throw the ball into the water like a, the ocean almost I feel like they just could not make anything um 
I don't know, man. This is just kind of an example of what I'm thinking about when you're trying to build a bracket tonight and you're looking at it and it's like, who's going to be that team that just really didn't look like anything towards the end of the season, maybe at all during the season, slides into the tournament and then wins a couple games and really just busts your bracket? Like, who's going to do that? I think it's a great example of what's probably going to come next week. When you think of Georgetown, and uh, by the way, so cool how Patrick Ewing makes those funny comments earlier about getting stopped and getting accosted and asked, asked for his press pass and credentials everywhere he goes. He's in Madison Square Garden. And then here we get the image of a smiling Patrick Ewing hoisting up the Big East trophy. It's just, it's poetic, right, that he gets to do that. And I just, when I was growing up, Georgetown was hot. I mean, oh, yeah. Allen Iverson had just finished his two-year run there. John Thompson was still the head coach, and he was in the twilight of his run there with the Hoyas. I think they, uh, I think they told told us when they won it yesterday. It was the 49th year, the 49-year anniversary of JT being hired, of him taking the job. Oh wow! So That's, that wow. was that was pretty crazy. But if you think about a blue blood that has maybe lost more luster in the last 10 years. And I, I feel like younger basketball fans, my, my hope is that they all know and they appreciate what Georgetown is and what they meant for college basketball, but they have certainly lagged behind just in stature, the Dukes, the North mm-hmm. Carolinas, the Kansases. But man, I just, I got to say like Georgetown was the coolest thing going when I was growing up. Yeah, no, the, I think it obviously it started after the crushing losses early in the tournaments to teams like Ohio and Florida Gulf Coast. Like, I, I think that's when they started to just kind of go down a hill. Sure. And that was then with the JT3, re- right? That was when the Sun that was right. took over. That was right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was just a mix of, you know, the new Big E starting. And I, I know, especially as a Butler fan, that kind of really shook Butler's core. I don't know if it's done the same to Georgetown because they've struggled ever since. And let's be honest, like, Patrick Ewing was in like a, a tough contract situation because he's, he hadn't made the tournament before. Obviously now he qualified and he was kind of in some hot water because this teams weren't doing very well in his first couple of years there. Like let's, let's not forget that this guy was going into the season really talked about as a guy that's really got to step up. Oh my goodness. Like, yeah, you're not kidding. They were picked to finish last. Yes, they're picked to finish last, and same as Oregon State, and it's so yeah, funny right. they both away. Well, in, in in Georgetown, and I know like Patrick, he's it's it's great. Like you get this opportunity, you win the conference tournament. That's a special thing. You can take what is a bad season and salvage something out of it. And now they have momentum and recruiting, and for the the next year. But they had a bad year. Georgetown had a bad year, right? They lost Mac McClung. They had a lot of guys step up here in this tournament run. Blair was sensational for them. So mm-hmm. it was it was great to see. And yes, as you said yesterday, when you hit Oregon State in the Pac-12 championship, first of all, you've got Bill Walton doing late night TV and he's Amazing. talking about beavers, buffaloes stampeding out in the western terrain, beavers creating dams, protecting the habitats. It's just it's unbelievable. Like I'm I'm trying to watch a few good men on my right screen and do something other than basketball, but I can't even I'm pausing it so much because I have to have the sound on for the Pac-12 championship so I can hear Bill Walton and Wayne Tinkle, like you said, the all-name team <laughs> Wayne Tinkle, who trickled down from Montana, from the Grizzlies, coaching Oregon State. Gary Payton, the glove, is in the stands there to watch it, which is so cool. And they play a great game. And 
I mean, look, teams that get hot at the right time, it's certainly like the teams that you think aren't even going to make the big dance when they win their conference tournament and gain the, that confidence. You think oh, you yeah. can push them into the second round when you're filling out your bracket, you know? Yeah, I feel that, especially because these teams are going to filter in. I mean, when you're getting an automatic bid as a major conference team that shouldn't be there, I mean, you're almost defaulted to like a 12 seed. So you're going to be in that 5-12 matchup. That's you are. Really dangerous. You are. And if you're hot. <laughs> And I saw somebody say uh, the other day, it's like, this is a perfect opportunity. You could put Tech, uh, Texas Tech at the five seed and put Georgetown at the 12 and let the Mac McClung re uh, revenge tour. Oh, and go you know under. what? Lenard Dog has it. Did you know that? Does he really? Lenard Dog <laughs> no, has it. But no, I didn't you, see that. You, you gave us the 12 5 stats on a previous pod here. Mm -hmm. I mean, how freaking terrifying is that if you're a five seed and you're an at large and you're like, oh my God, I got to play Oregon State, the Pac 12 tournament champs? gonna play georgetown the big east tournament champs it's not fair life isn't fair the tournament well, they're just fair. hot it's, it's just a team that's got rhythm and momentum and I, I think those are the two type of teams that make you afraid it's the mid-majors that have a really hot team that are like 21 and 4 like a, a south dakota state team of the past where they're just really solid and they could play with pretty much anybody they want to and then you have teams like uh Oregon State and Georgetown is just hot and they find a way in and they slide into that 12 spot. Those are two type of teams. That's why we have so many upsets in the 5-12. Since 1985, I told you, 35% of the time, the 12 seed wins. Like it's it's yeah. becoming less and less of an upset as we get further and further away from 1985. It's amazing. Just quick reminder, everybody, if you've been enjoying this, we – We've been throwing some clips out on social media from the podcasts that we've done. Our radio station's Twitter account is at 971thefan. Mad About Hoops is just at Mad About Hoops on Twitter. And we are going to have, as you, if you're checking out a, one of the clips on Zoom on social media, you'll see the background that Evil Bald Colin has with the sponsors and the Mad About Hoops logo and everything. We're going to do a big two hour. I'm so excited for this, man. I'm not even prepping for it. I don't even think that I'm I need either. I don't even think that I need to. We've we have prepped for this the entire month. We're ready to go. <laughs> a ton of our fan personalities. Matt Sylvester, who hit one of the biggest shots in Ohio State history against Illinois. How fitting. I was talking to him a couple days ago, Evil, just trying to see what Buckeye basketball players would do this. So Joey Lane from the Tal Gang, who we've had, he'll be in the second hour. Matt Sylvester will be mm -hmm. on sometime in the first hour. And, of course, they're playing Illinois for a Big Ten championship. They met Illinois in the Big Ten title in 03. And then the big shot was in a couple years later in 05 when it was the 29-0 right. Illinois team. So there's all sorts of connections here. But check that out, 971thefan.com tonight on the website only a big two-hour Zoom bracket party. Maybe if there's a chance where we can steal Chris Holtman or someone from Ohio State after they see their path and they're finished with media. Because it's, I understand, it's a crazy, crazy type of night for them. I That's, we'll, a, that's we'll a nugget see. to throw in we'll, there. I don't that's know. I'm, I'm not promising that, really. I'm not. I've, I've talked to them over there, and I, I get how it works. Like, even some of the reporters, sure. the guys that are just straight analysts and reporters, they got so much work to do because – this is this is the craziest situation, man. You have the three thirty Big Ten tip off, that takes you to five thirty. Colin, remember I was talking about how we wanted to do a live selection show 
on 97.1 the fan like how cool would that be that's right we're just kind of sitting at our home it would have been a mess it would have been it would have been a mess though it, it's it's a <laughs> mess this. But it would have been a mess but i mean you just watch the tv coverage and it's like how espn does it right, right. cbs lets it out and then uh, literally a, a second later you're allowed to do whatever you want and show it on your graphics but this is how life mm-hmm. works they make it to Sunday. The Buckeyes do. So the game's going to go to 5.30. Their standard post game's going to go right up to about 6, the selection show. I do extended post game. I'm going to be doing a live selection you show anyway. You might just anyway. break it away. I'm going to be doing a live selection show anyway, and it's going to go all the way up to basically 7 o'clock when we do our Zoom party. So it's mm-hmm. it's just completely absurd. But all of the post game material for the Ohio State-Illinois game is going to be useless. And then the reporters and everybody, the, the teams, the players, they want to get to enjoy that one hour, of course, and just be by themselves, be with their teams. They can text with their friends and their sure. buddies and families, and that's fine. And then I think they give you media at 7 or right after for Coach Holtman and maybe a player to talk about the path. Then maybe if there's time, because we're on until 9 o'clock tonight, who the hell knows? They'll be riding high. I think whatever happens against Illinois, I know they're not hey, getting blown just, out. Just... I know that. Just just tell Chris that Joey's hopping on. I think that will be enough motivation to get I'll, him I'll on. Get, yeah, we'll get Chris maybe at 8.30 when Joey and Andrew, <laughs> who who do the Drive the Lane podcast that'd be awesome. on. Yeah. That'd be awesome. I, I would just – I would honestly, I would I would just sit back and listen to them go at it. I mean, on, personally, I and mean, that's, we, there's just a lot of good that. stuff that could come out of that. We might do that if, <laughs> if, if we get a chance where we've got some if, other guys happens, on. Sure. Yeah, and – Chris Holtman has like a, a moment there and we just start, Hey man, Hey, just 10 minutes, just 10 minutes, you know, just come on, talk about that journey. Talk about the pathway here. But, but before today, just a couple other things that I, I really love from yesterday. You mentioned Cincinnati. I think that's awesome. You you're seeing some Ohio teams. Now Bearcats have to win today and they got drilled by Houston. Mm-hmm. My, my preseason sneaky final four pick, my non top 25 final four pick was Memphis. And then they got hot here at the end of the year. Evil. They looked good. Looked really good. They're not going to make it, but man, yeah. they looked good. Yeah, it was. I watched some of that game and they had a, a, a really tough foul call against Williams in the backcourt. That was that fouled him out. And he was one of their better players that day. That was, that was crap. I mean, to guys just, Houston players in his space and he just gives a light mm-hmm. little elbow just to kind of clear out room so he can get the dribble and they whistle a guy for his fifth foul and get him out of the game it hadn't been a foul all game it was like when EJ just touched Travion Williams you know 12 feet from the <sighs> basket when Williams is starting his back down moves and they just blow right. the whistle and foul the best one of the best players in the Big Ten out of the game it's like okay whatever but uh, the Ohio Bobcats win in the MAC. That was awesome. That's big. Good for that's our big. our buddy Jeff Bowles right there, huh? Yeah, that's great stuff, man. He's uh, that's the definition of a player's coach. And I'm telling you right now, people are gonna sit. It might not be monumental to people just watching and seeing that clip of him dancing with the team in the locker room, but I'm sure I'm telling you, there's recruits out there, especially in Ohio, where you can recruit and get great talent. That's gonna do really well for him. I think they were underrated again, that whole league. And absolutely, it was great to see all six Ohio schools make it to the tourney because they only took eight. So six in the top Mm -hmm. eight, every single Ohio school was there. And the Bobcats were one of those teams that we 
we thought should have been up there all year long. They had so many COVID issues, and they weren't really in that top three or four in the standings for much of the season, if at all. I don't even – what were they, the fifth seed in this or the sixth? They were the fifth. They yeah. were the fifth. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. But we knew Jason Preston was otherworldly, and if he could get going. And they got an, some more great players there too. Just awesome. Awesome to see you right. Uh, Bowls. Well, I mean, yeah, we everything. saw them give Illinois a scare, and that's a one seed. So who, sure, who's to say what they're going to do in the tournament? That's right. And what do you remember what the statistic was? There was a – they played a weaker opponent, and they came up with some They played of, Cleveland State, who's going to the tournament. They played Cleveland State, and they won by, like, 50 or something like that. Like, it was just insane. Wait, so you're telling me that they had that – 39 to nothing or it was it might have even been in the 40s there was a run in an ohio basketball game yes we'll have to find the stat for you where they put they went on like a 41 nothing run in a game it was it was like the the biggest run in an ncaa division one game in in history i think it was the ohio bobcats did that this season they did something like that early this season it would, yeah, that would shock just, me if it was I'm against kinda, a team quality as Cleveland State, if that's who it was against. But holy crap. It was Cleveland State. They Are had 40, it was 46 to 25 at one point. Cleveland State didn't score again until it was 86 to 25. So it was it was a yeah, it was a 40 nothing run. It was against Cleveland State? Yes. Cleveland State is good. 106 to 46 with the well, 101 to 46 was the final score. <laughs> this is un, that's unbelievable. It's one of the more Cleveland State who, who ran through the tournament for the Horizon League. Yeah. That's unbelievable that, that that could happen. Oh, my goodness. The other thing for me, did you see Josh Pastner's on-court interview? <laughs> Where he's shouting out Reese Davis, Coach Greenberg. Yeah. And Jose Alvarado was funny, too. I'm. Both, I, he, was, he was a great personality. If you guys missed that... Uh, you know what? Like we're recording this. Let I'll I'll put it in here. I, I'm gonna. Okay. You guys will you guys will hear it right now, and then we'll react. Look, first of all, I'm just so proud of our young men. I want to give a great credit to Florida State. What a great team they are. I said it in the pre, in the pregame with you guys. Let's get Leonard Hamilton in the Hall of Fame. Please nominate him. Somebody nominate him. Put him in. He's unbelievable. Secondly, I'm so proud of our young men for what they've done. The entire team. I'm so proud of our staff. How about our, our, my, my staff? I believe we've got the best staff in the country. My, the, these student athletes are amazing. Coach, you a champion, man! So you ACC championship, man! I'm so proud of these guys. Hey, it's a, Allison, it's a player's game, and the players got it done. All credit goes to these young men. Jose, I know how much winning means to you. What does it mean to be ACC champs? Oh, man, this, this is why I work my, my butt off. A lot of people doubted me. I wasn't even supposed to be in the ACC. He took a chance on me. And we, and my teammates, man, how good are they, man? We, I'm, this is like a dream come true, and I'm proud of my guys. And man, I love this. I love this win. This is gonna life. This is gonna win. This is gonna last me a lifetime. What are the emotions you're feeling right now? Oh man, I, I don't even know how to explain it. I got my my daughter in the stand. I got my dad. My family really could have made it because, you know, it's just a struggle of life, but 
I'm just so happy I, I get to tell them I'm a champion and I, go, I bring a home, I bring a trophy home to, to a Georgia Tech. You did just that. Congratulations, Jose. Thank you so hey, much. Hey, and I want to give a great shout out to Dan and Jay. Thanks for covering the game. Thanks for ESPN Prime Time. We're on. Hey, man. So great, great for everybody. Thumbs up. Hey, man. And Allison, we appreciate you so appreciate much you. as well too. And I know Coach Greenberg's listening as well. Hello, Coach Greenberg. Reese Davis. Uh, Lafonso Ellis is over there. Hello, everybody. Hey, man. Thank you, everybody. All right, so yeah, hilarious, right? Like, just hilarious. Josh Pastner sounds like such a pleasant guy, doesn't he? And you know how much I love golf. And maybe we've talked about this before. He had some famous comments years ago when he started at Georgia Tech about never hiring assistants who play golf. And I just heard that comment, and I just went wild with it. And I said, well, I hate you, Josh Pastner. You're an idiot. You I mean, golf is a wonderful sport. If you, It's such a difficult sport to master, too. If there's a mind out there that can be a top-quality basketball coach and also be a brilliant golfer, you want that guy on his team. That's a hard worker. But, no, he admitted something about, like, you must be playing too much if you're a two handicapper. And then I see him on the court after this one, and he just seems like the most likable coach in America. The way he was talking about his players, the way that he was talking about Alvarado, who was right there. And then, like you said, he's mm -hmm. shouting out. You hear it there. He's shouting out all the ESPN people that covered the tournament. He's saying to put Leonard Hamilton in the Hall of Fame. And he's doing all these hand motions too, like he's his hands are going in and out, and he's like doing thumbs up, and he's he was very theatrical, like in the way that he talks. He's he's like my dad, and how much he was talking with his hands and making the motions. Mm -hmm. Funny guy. It, yeah, he's a, he's a very fun personality, he, and he was at Memphis too. And uh, it, it's funny. This just feels like the year of the hot seat coaches just overperforming and saving their jobs because Pasture was a guy. That if they weren't going to do anything down at Georgia Tech this year, he was a prime candidate to get fired. And now he just he had a top four finish in the ACC and just won the tournament championship. Like, it's just – it's amazing. And the craziest year of them all, how hot seat coaches have taken that opportunity and just ran with it. And to hear a guy like Alvarado, I mean, that's, that's why we yeah. love it, right? That's why we love it. He's – we're not even in to the big dance yet. And this is what conference tournament week can do for us. It can let the emotion just pour out of these guys. You just see the heart and soul that goes into this and the grind of this week and how you're going on adrenaline alone. And to see a guy like that who's taken his licks and been a really good player for a bad team get a moment like that and a memory that's going to last forever no matter what they do in the NCAAs, it's really cool. It, re it reminded me of one of my all-time favorites just to see him, like, breaking down there. Remember uh, Georgia State's coach and – Oh, Ron Hunter done it. Uh, he's done it too late now, yeah. Ron Hunter and what was his son's name? RJ. RJ, Who yes. had the big game. And he j he can't even, like, get through the post-game speech, like, when their, when their run ended because he's sitting up there with his boy and just thinking – he's the, that's the coach that tore his ACL – going mm -hmm. into the NCAAs, celebrating with his guys. And he had to have a stool, and he would spin around on the stool and go, wee, like when they would make <laughs> a big shot or have a big play. It was so cool. Yeah, that is that is amazing. And, I, again, look out for Georgia Tech because I also think it's another team that's going to be underseeded by the way that bracketology looks right now because they're hovering, I think, as of last night, they're hovering around a seven or six, which if you see Georgia Tech and that second round is a three seed, I mean – Good luck, man. This is just 
it's going to be so fun picking some of these underseeded teams to go a long way. And Georgia Tech's one of those teams that has the talent. And again, Moses Wright, who won the player of the year in the ACC, was a zero-star recruit, had no Division One offers, and has the season of his life this year. And Jose Alvarado is a nice little player, too, that was also underlooked. This is just – it's just a fun story. All right, man. Let's maybe just hit on these Sunday games for a minute, and sure. then let's break, and let's get some rest and get a brunch in us or whatever and get ready however we need to for the 3.30 tip. But there's only five games today, so you got a chance to watch some things. You've got Loyola, mm-hmm. Maryland, and Colgate in the Patriot League at noon – VCU St. Bonaventure in the A-10 championship. Just how about the A-10, right? Just the big, 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 long break, and then here they go. LSU Alabama in the SEC, Cincy and Houston in the American, and this Ohio State-Illinois game, man. What what are you expecting? You going to ride with the Buckeyes again, going with the homer pick with the heart? It's worked. It's worked two straight days here, three actually. (laughs) it's so funny because i also it's the same situation again it's heart versus uh mind mind tells me illinois heart tells me ohio state um it's just gonna all depend on how they neutralize kofi coburn in the block i think that's the difference maker how can they can you get a step up from a guy like seth towns who played really well on the block for considering he hasn't done it all season yes i think that was that was a big factor and you didn't stop hunter dickinson but you slowed him enough on certain possessions to steal possessions from them um it's going to depend on again i don't think kofi coburn's as effective or as efficient around the rim as what hunter dickinson was yesterday so that could play into your favor i do believe with the heart i'm going with ohio state i think it'll be a little bit more high scoring uh but i think it's you know i did in the mid 70s yesterday and was completely wrong on that but that's just because nobody could hit from the field early on uh, I don't know if we'll have that issue today. I'll go 79-77, Ohio State. I love it, man. Um, I'm, come on. Like, we've made it this far. The cardiac bucks, they're going to win. They're going to win this thing. It's, it's just weird. Like, you didn't want to predict a Big Ten championship for Ohio State, especially mm-hmm. you know, after they survived Minnesota. You were just maybe hoping for that Purdue win and then roll the dice with whatever happened. But now that you're here – there's no way. Like you've, you've survived Ohio, all Ohio these State games. Has nothing to lose. They, they're no, they're no nothing to lose scenario, man. No. They can just go out and play free. Just, to, just imagine, just imagine what the Buckeyes are going to look like when they don't turn the ball over a bunch down the stretch. Just imagine, like you think it's got to click in at some point where they will not turn it over two or three times on consecutive possessions in crunch time. That's going to happen, and that's going to provide even a much safer victory for the Buckeyes. But I, I would still stick with a one-point win just because this is this is what we've had. One possession, 72-71, Ohio State wins. You're right with everything you said. Seth Towns was phenomenal with what he did. He had four blocks against Michigan. And if they can just... And people just don't understand also where he is health-wise and how he's still battling back from that knee. He's wearing the brace. I think it's lateral movement, quickness with the feet. Mm -hmm. So as long as he can just sort of plant like a tree and wall up, get his hands high, and affect shots that way without fouling, if you can slide some double teams over with Kofi Coburn and then be quick to get back, 
they figured it out in the second half. They did. In their last game against Illinois, they completely wrecked Kofi Coburn and what he wanted to do. He had like eight or ten points out of the gate, and he scored right. 12 in the whole game. He had maybe two points over the last 25 minutes of that basketball game. First off, I'm, I'm completely amazed, and I, I saw guys like Bill Landis over at the Athletic, I think, throw out the stat. But all, all the reporters were throwing this out, how Ohio State all-time in the Big Ten tournament 7-1 against Michigan. That's incredible. Um, I, I believe that game now brings Holtman to 4-4 four and four overall against Michigan. He, he's 500 either way, but I, I do remember he got back to 500 with that hey, win. Um, not bad. This gives you a chance – this gives you a chance to make some ground on Michigan State with the most Big Ten tournament championships. They have six. Ohio State has four. Um, that would be a really fun thing to see. They would Ohio tie State, Michigan is- State. They would tie Michigan State for the most if they get it with six, right? Uh, no, I think Ohio State has four. No, no, the Bucks have five. They got to have five unless they took one away. But I, I don't count ones that you take away. <laughs> that might be it, honestly. That, I'm that research- might be it, yeah. I'm researching reason. right now, and it says four, so that's why I had that number. But um, either way, Vacated no, probably. this is just yeah. – I, I think what you said about the lateral movement for Seth, I think it helps that team, guys like uh, Coburn and Bishanishvili are not the athletic type of big. They're not going to take you from the perimeter in very much. So I think that helps him avoid the deficiencies he has in that area. Um, but it, it's just going to be all about neutralizing the top two. Can you neutralize – Dasumu a little bit and can you neutralize Coburn just a little bit if you can't it makes the difference in the world and don't be afraid to send Coburn to the line too oh my god are you kidding me that's a great yeah, idea absolutely he's absolutely. terrible hack a Kofi bring bring Ibrahima Diallo in there to hack him five times he got on the I would floor. I would love I would love to see him just to be yeah. a body that can lean on him because I think over the game that wears him down and I've, I've seen Coburn get almost gassed most of the time because he just seems kind of out of shape for my opinion, but it's just rotate the bodies, get in there and work him because he's, he is a workhorse, but once you wear him down, his mechanics and whatnot can get a little shaky. You will see Diallo out there. That will be something that they they'll should. try for defense in the post. And just, if nothing else to alter shots and provide some fouls right. and hopefully not provide fouls, play defense and see what the improvement has been for Diallo. But I just I still think like there's another level for this Ohio State team. We just we haven't seen EJ Liddell firing on all cylinders offensively. He's had a lot of cold starts to basketball games. And just imagine mm-hmm. if he's got a 30 point game in him like he is elite. Like you're seeing that all over the place. He is an elite player. He's capable of going for 30 if he gets ultra hot and ultra confident. Justin Arns, he started with a three-pointer. It didn't really get back yes. to him. There's still a three or that's, four three-point game from him. That's still big it's because big. I, mean, I was saying it yesterday. That builds confidence in him, and I, I guarantee it. If he gets some open looks today, it, it, he, he can build off of it. Absolutely. Well, all right, man. Here we are. It's the best day of the year, and it rolls into the best days of the year. First four, first and second round action of the NCAA tournament. What do, what do you got there? I'm, I'm going with the Rothstein, Chris Holtman, as meticulous, <laughs> more meticulous than a forensics officer shirt here. That's what I got for the folks on team. Yeah, so I wanted to go with a mid-major that was already in the tournament, so I went with my Rock the Hill. Rock Winthrop. the Hill. Uh, the Winthrop Eagles, baby. Yes. There we go. All right. I'm all good here. Anything else? No, man. It's just it's going to be a very fast-paced night because that game ends, Selection Sundays within like 30 minutes, and then um, 
then then we're going to be starting our show within an hour after that so it's just going to be boom 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 i know we're going to be wanting to make predictions we just got to bracket out it's hard to analyze within that short window of time but that's the best part about it is that we're really just doing this on the fly we made it this is our time college basketball fans let's enjoy it selection sunday is the best day of the year and thanks for joining us episode 41 of mad about hoops